hearing that intro music because it means we're about to embark on another episode of Canada's Pinball Podcast, and this is episode number 300, and I think that's an incredible milestone for us to achieve. For those of you who have listened from day one, you know one thing, there's been more than 300 episodes because we've deleted a few of them here and there. Hopefully on this episode, you're hearing an improved audio quality. Email me if you think it sounds better at canadapinball at gmail.com. I just want to say this. I was going to do some like milestone episode, this and that, this and that, but I decided, you know what makes this podcast special is that we don't do it like that. We just keep going, right? We go, we do three episodes a week. You tune in, you catch up. I think I'm always ahead of you guys. I mean, it's, it's crazy. I think I'm putting up shows faster than many of you can actually keep up. But that's why I enjoy doing it because I know when you want a pinball podcast, there probably will be a few Canada pinball podcasts that you haven't even listened to yet. Uh, It's an exciting time to be in the hobby. I love doing this show and I thank all of you who tune in on a weekly basis. You know, sometimes we get interviews, sometimes we don't. Sometimes we put up funny skits, sometimes we don't. Sometimes we hear from my master, sometimes we don't. It's always different. I hope it's refreshing. I I know it's entertaining. I know it's entertaining, and I'm glad you guys find it entertaining. Uh, I have a great guest on this episode of Canada's Pinball Podcast, and I did something that I think a lot of you wanted me to do. I did another prediction show because we love Ted. We think Ted is a great guy. But I do agree that those were not predictions. They were wishful hopes that Ted has. He thinks everything's going to succeed in pinball. And I do love the optimism, right? Don't get me wrong. I love the optimism. Uh, I saw on Pinside something I said on the last episode is starting to, it's starting to rub some of the LE buyers of Munsters a unique way, right? If Stern adds another 100 Munsters LEs to the mix, uh, is that fair? Should they do that? I, the, the debate is raging on. Uh, they probably will. Uh, but then they probably will listen to this podcast and be like, we can't do it because then that will confirm uh, that Canada was right and his rumor was authentic. And I'm here to tell you, Stern has actually adjusted its marketing moves based upon stuff that we've said on this podcast. And I'll say specifically, the one that I know for sure they did when we said Iron Maiden was going to come out that morning, they held it to the end of the day just to prove that I was wrong Uh I'm never wrong, Stern. No, I'm wrong all the time. Uh, Look, this is going to be a fun episode. Anything else going on? You know, we didn't talk about the pinball tax, and I don't really want to go too deep into it because that thread turned into a bunch of, like, class warfare uh, statements, but the pinball tax will not help people buying pinball machines in 2019. It kind of sucks. Tack on another six to $700 onto every pinball purchase, and it's going to have people thinking twice, all right? There's a lot of stuff coming out this year. You guys, you know, there's only a finite amount of room and money that everyone has. I know sometimes it seems like everyone's got limitless pockets, but we know that's not the case. Uh, If you were to ask me the thing that I'm looking forward to the most in 2019, two things, the next JJP game and what Deep Root is working on. Now, speaking of Deep Root, we're going to get someone from Deep Root Pinball on the show real soon. Um, Robert has put me in touch with one of his teammates. I really, really, really look forward to this interview because 
uh, you know, you guys are, are all wondering, as I am, what is going on over there. So hopefully we can learn a little bit more about what's going on behind the curtain at Deep Root. Uh, all right, everyone, I hope you enjoyed this interview. It's a great one. We are going to be back more this week with more episodes of Canada's Pinball Podcast. And again, 300 episodes, all because you, the listener, have decided that this is a pinball podcast for you. So thank you very much. I swear from the bottom of my heart for tuning in every week and letting me see that listen number climb and climb and climb. I really appreciate it. And everyone, enjoy this episode 300 of Canada's Pinball Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, in a world in which nobody will join Canada's Pinball Podcast, I'd like to welcome Greg Bone from Straight Down the Middle to the show. Greg, welcome. Hey, thank you for having me, man. So, Greg, I I literally got so much feedback that Ted's predictions were not predictions and that we should do a new prediction show in which <laughs> someone actually knows something about pinball. <laughs> I don't know if I'm the right person. Well, you are. I mean, it was supposed to be Zach, but he's spending all weekend polishing his pin stadium lights. So it's you're the <laughs> you're, you're the second. <laughs> he's a busy man, man. Like he keeps it going. He's always editing something between uh, the this weekend pinball podcast and our show. Like the the dude is always on a computer doing something. Always, and 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 I keep asking him, like, do you need Jeff's permission to do the show? And then <laughs> that's usually when I just see he signs off of Facebook and he doesn't talk to me for like a few days. <laughs> So he plays by the book. I I don't always play by the book. Right, right. Kind well, of a rogue rogue pinballer. That's that's why you're here. So let's do it because I know you know a lot. I mean, there's not there's probably like just a few hundred people that know everything going on, and and I think you're in that group. So let's start with our predictions for the year with American Pinball Oktoberfest. Okay. What do you think? Uh, you know what? I, I I know that you <laughs> amazingly hate this game, but I I for one I. I don't mind it. Uh, I thought it shot fairly well. Um, some of the shots were a little tough, which I think Joe went back and is tweaking some stuff, especially off that third flipper. Um, aesthetically, uh, I did not mind it. Uh, I do agree that the play field needed some work uh, for sure. Some things on the back glass uh, I would have changed too. Um, I, like I'm, I'm not – there's just some things that weren't cohesive. I'd like to see the game be a little more. But overall, man, like I was actually, I was kind of blown away by it because I think that it could have went in a, a, a f worse direction. It could have been really bad, but I actually think it turned out good. I, again, I know you freaking hate it, right. man, but like I, I was kind of, I liked it. I thought it captured that that carnival esque um, feel to it, you know, with the colors and the brightness and the way it was lit and the design with the roller coaster and everything. Well, you've, uh, you've played I actually it. liked it. You've played it, and most people haven't played it. And, and yeah. I think it's easy to hate a game from afar. Now, they've made some changes to the pin. We see the new artwork. They've, they've taken away some of the issues people had. Do you, yeah. Are you happy with the final version that we've seen? Yeah, and I I am, I, and I like that they went, uh, you know, that they did that, that they listened. That, uh, you know, I do feel that they're they're good about that as a company that they do listen to people's complaints and things that need to be fixed. Um, you know, I don't, I, I like it. I, I I don't know how much it will find its way into people's homes. That that's my only concern. I think that 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 barcades and arcades are excited about, especially the barcades, obviously. But uh, I'm still confused about uh, whether it's big home home seller you know for for that home market right 
Yeah, I mean, that, that begs the question, right? So it is 2019 now. Where do you think and when they're going to be able to sort of drum up new hype? Is TPF going to be really the moment for them? I think it could be. I, I think, you know, like it's like any of these manufacturers, man, I think it's going to come down to to their shipping and when they get it out. And I think that they, they obviously wanted to ship the games a lot sooner than what had happened, but then they come up with, you know, the complaints and, and the public. And, and what was going on um, and they addressed those issues which obviously would set you behind so I, I think TPF could you know if they start rolling out those games here you know real soon or right before TPF or TPF I, th I think it could be really good for them for sure you know and I'd toy with getting one I mean it's it's a fun <laughs> I, again I know that you just despise <laughs> the theme so badly but I think it's kind of a fun theme you know um, I, I I could see it being in my house, you know, if I could afford one. I I could see it being there. You could okay, yeah. Look, maybe, I mean, maybe. Look, I, I, yeah. So, <laughs> so no, we, be honest. Tell, tell, no, tell I mean, like, you, look, you know how I feel. I mean, my whole thing is just again, as we're thinking about being a prediction. Do you see? I think what you're saying is you like the game, but everyone's a little like uncertain whether or not it will succeed in the marketplace, and I think we all feel that way, right? And I, my whole thing is. You've got to give yourself the greatest chance to be successful. And when you put a theme like that out, you're already sort of got two strikes when you walk into the batter's box. Yeah, I I, I can agree. I, I think it can be tough. Um, I, I think that that theme, you know, obviously was a hard thing for people to wrap their minds around. But I, I think that that what Joe did with it and what Josh did with it, I, I do think that it it helped ease a lot of people's concerns. And I, I but I just think it comes down to that dialed in syndrome thing you know uh dialed in obviously got all the critique and it was terrible you know when the theme was released but then when people shot it played it uh they actually enjoyed it but did that still equate to uh home sales it, it, they weren't real great so i i mix i just don't know you know prediction wise i don't know man it's just that's, that's such a tough one to predict of whether it's going to go well or not right i mean like i don't I think with so much coming out, right, and we're going to talk about more of these manufacturers, there's just so many options that I think it's going to be hard when you look at Munsters, Alice Cooper, who knows what Deep Roots got, you've got Monster Bash Remake, you line up all the games that you could get brand new in box, right? And I yeah. hand someone 7500 bucks. It's going to be hard to walk to Oktoberfest and be like, this is the one. It yeah, I, I can agree with that. Uh, it, it, it can, it, it could be tough, uh, but man, you know what? They're good quality games, um, and I think it's just going to come down to whether it shoots. I think theme, obviously, people are going to pick other themes, but um, I think as long as they're not having problems with that game and it's solid, uh, it's well built. You get a lot for the freaking money. I, I still think they're one of the best bang for your buck manufacturers out there. So I, I think that that goes. It's a long way. Um, so I, I'm not, I'm not, I wouldn't toss them out yet. Right. All right. So next on our list, Chicago Gaming Company and Monster Bash Remake seems to be a game that is still just trickling out. Do you think in 2019 we will see another title or is it going to be all about fulfilling the orders for Monster Bash? Hmm. Man, I think, I think we'll see uh, a new title. I think it'll probably be 
towards the end of the year. I think they're going to want to start cranking them out. Uh, I think Monster Bash will start to lose its appeal by the time that they start, you know, they start to fulfill those orders. So I think it'll be ready for another game. I definitely think we'll see something by the end of the year. Which one do you hope it is or think it will be? I'm. I don't necessarily say that I hope that it is, but I would think possibly Cactus Canyon. That's just from thought, no inside information or anything. Just literally, just what what I kind of think it is. Um, just kind of hearing stuff floating around. Right. Kind of strange that they dropped all those games. They confirmed all the games they're going to make years in advance. Right. I mean, that was sort of an interesting strategic move by these guys and it literally cut the legs off of the secondhand market on all those titles right whenever you see someone yeah. trying to sell a big bang bar they're like well i don't know if i can get 15 or twenty thousand for one now because it's going to be remade so i should wait yeah yeah kind of yeah it crippled it crippled that secondary market yeah i'm kind of annoyed by that because it's like i know people who are waiting for big bang bar and they're and they don't know if they're going to wait a year or four years but it it's going to happen, it seems, but I I don't... My prediction is I just think it's all going to be about Monster Bash. I think if we do see another title, I don't think it's going to be to Texas Pinball Festival 2020. That's my prediction. I think these guys... The, the, the These games are getting more complex, right? If you look at Monster mm-hmm. Bash Remake, a lot more complexity in that game than Attack from Mars. Uh, and Cactus Canyon is a very complex game. To, to remake so I, yes. I think it's going to take a little while to get it right and i also think they're going to want to revisit the software on cactus canyons and and make it more of that continued version that everyone likes better yeah and that, that's kind of what i'm hoping for i'd like to see that that's that cactus canyon continued or kind of a switch between the you know the original code which there wasn't you know a whole lot going on there, uh, but to that that cactus canyon continued. But uh, see, I don't I don't get into licensing stuff. I don't know what Kripke. I don't know you know what all's involved with that sort of stuff around him and everything to to be able to to gain that and be able to use that. Right. Um, so you're you're thinking that we won't see anything even at Nothing. the end of the year. You don't think Nothing. we'll see a reveal or anything? Wow. No, no, because I think they've also learned too. Uh, you know, they kind of dropped the ball in getting people their monster bashes quickly and. We keep saying this. You've got to reveal your game and ship it within two months of reveal. And and get yeah. and by that, I mean there needs to be a decent volume of games going out to people. And we'll talk about this with Spooky. When you make people wait, because there are so many different options, I think people are going to start bailing more and more and go after what's available and get tired of waiting. So that's, that's just my take is if you're going to do it, do it right. But there's also no need to rush, right? Because these guys are playing with a winning hand everything they do is yeah. pocket aces yeah and i i don't i felt that they got them uh i felt the initial ship shipping of them was fairly quick after uh um uh, you know the release don't you or what was talk, the time talk to an le buyer and ask, that? ask an le buyer where their game is and well yeah the le's yeah yeah but yeah. your classics and stuff got out pretty good um you know that's i mean stern takes what a couple months to get their le's out uh, and stuff. I know it's a little different story at Chicago, but right. I don't, I don't know. I, I thought they did decent with it. Right. Well, and the game's great. I mean, the game looks great. So they, they, they did hit oh, it out is. of the park with the game itself. Uh, oh, agreed. At, at Chicago, that was, uh, that was kind of one of my number one games that I was wild by, uh, with it, with even everything else there. I was just, uh, mesmerized by the, that light show and that display. 
Right. So speaking of will it come out or not, so Circus Maximus is next, and their two titles are, are Pinball Circus and Kingpin, which huh? we've seen a pretty far along prototype at last year's Texas Pinball Festival. What do you think, Greg, is going to happen with these two games in 2019? Uh, I have not got to really mess with Circus, but uh, Kingpin, Kingpin was actually a pretty good shooting game. That, that game is actually... It's fairly well built. Uh, I enjoyed it. it. The code, you know, you can't learn the code when you're at a show, really, or, or you get a little bit of a grasp of it, but that that doesn't tell you what you need to know. But it shot well, and I enjoyed it. Uh, aesthetically, it's not my kind of pin, uh, but I I think it's going to have a market if they do a small run. If they do something like Spooky and they do a fairly small run of something and they just commit to a certain number games i think it could be successful now why it's an interesting question when you talk about aesthetically because i agree that the game the gameplay is phenomenal the mechanisms are really Mm -hmm. cool it's a very fun fun like game and it feels like it it would have fit in perfectly if it had come out into wide distribution back in the 90s the artwork is atrocious yeah and i'm like why why didn't they seeing where the current pinball landscape is with how beautiful pins are looking nowadays why didn't they just redo the art? Because all of the hard mechanical engineering was done. I would have, I would have hired an artist to make it look as good as the current games. And but we here's crazy. We know they did hire an artist to make that terrible looking new translate, and they went backwards. They made the art even shittier. <laughs> I, I I hate the dog on anybody that bad, but um, I I can agree with the statement of just bringing it more more contemporary and more current. Uh, I don't know the price of what somebody like Zombietti or Franchi or anybody cost, so I don't know if it's a budget thing or not being able to find that. It's not I, as I, much as people think. And art is a one time cost, right? So and the other thing too, Greg is they and I think that again this is where like. They need to listen to the show more. They've also said they're just going to make like an unlimited amount, which is the dumbest marketing strategy when you're handling, right, a rare game that's very collectible. Like the only people who know Kingpin are collectors, right? So why would you, when you're bringing, and that game right now, if if you have like what, there's like eight of them or 12 of them in the world, they sell for like thirty-five to $50,000, right? Why would you announce that you're just going to f- flood the market with an unlimited supply of something like that? What, 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 yeah. What's the strategy there? I, I, I don't know. Like, it, it scares me because it seems like when companies come out and do that, especially new companies, and I can't pinpoint it. You're the marketing guy, so you might be able to pinpoint a little more. Like, I don't understand why, but it seems like failure um, in an aspect. I don't know if they're – just too big but that's why i go back to like the spooky model for whatever reason that has worked for them saying we're going to produce 250 games and i think that they know the they know the number of games they need to make they know the cost of what it's going to be i, I get everything's a little more set in stone and you know whereas when you just set this unlimited the trickle i think you maybe wait for your second game i, I don't know it, it did for whatever reason and i don't know why it does not seem to work in the pinball marketplace to do to do that i i, I think that it's to set that limit Okay, so yeah, so what we're, getting back to the numbers, right? So Spooky's done it right. Is they've if you look at what drove people to buy Spooky, it, it was always when they started to limit the number, right? We're only going to make a finite number, and I think whenever you're dealing 
in a, in a in a collector's market. And this isn't just pinball. This is watches. It's cars. It's anything I've ever seen. Artwork. There's, there's always a set number we're going to make and then we're not going to make any more. And what that does for you, it allows you to set the price based upon the supply. Because I, I think even, Greg, if they said we're going to make 250 kingpins and that's it and we own the rights and they're $20,000 each, they sell every one. And, and I don't know if these guys even do – you know, because they all have these grandiose ideas that they're going to be stern. But let's be honest, no one can. It's just and Spooky's running into this. It's really hard to manufacture a thousand pinball machines. You'll be making the game for yeah. years. And, you know, and I think possibly a marketing strategy behind setting though setting a limited number two is it, I think that it forces people to to purchase quicker and to buy them because if you feel like that you've got. Uh, you know, a year, two years to buy this machine, then you're just like, oh, whatever. But if you know, okay, it's at 250 pins, then I need to buy this damn thing in case it sells out because I'm kind of wanting it. I'm on the fence. But the fact that it's going to be limited, I'm going to buy it. Whereas if I feel like that I've got, you know, time to wait and procrastinate, I've got time for more games to come out, then I might not be that buyer now. So I think that that's one thing that limiting the number does is it kind of, it pushes people to purchase quicker. Absolutely. If and if you're if you're American Pinball and you haven't and you've said we're going to make an unlimited number of Oktoberfest, right? There's no limited edition versions. People are just going to wait. I would wait. What wait to the yeah. code is done. Wait to the animations are complete. Wait to see and and also what people wait to see is is the game going to sell used for like a thousand or two thousand dollars cheaper? Then MSRP, and I'll just go grab one of those. And then American Pinball doesn't yeah. see a dime. And that happens a lot. Yeah. Well, and especially, and I know we'll get into spooky later, but uh, you know, th- that that I think is what kills a, a lot of things is you have got to you've got to sell as many as you can in that first couple months because once they start to hit the used market, if they start to to devalue, then so many people who would have bought new in box is now going to wait and scoop one up because they don't want to take that thousand dollar hit right off the top or more um, if they can they can scoop it up for cheaper just by waiting you know two months and absolutely yeah it's it's a a very tough thing welcome to the world where now you can go get a beautiful mint dialed in le for 7500 bucks yeah yeah it's crazy it's crazy and i think certain yeah certain manufacturers fall into that worse than than others right absolutely so let's go on to probably the company that has piqued the most curiosity in 2019 because we also know the least about them, but they've made the boldest claims, I think, in the history of pinball claims, and that is Deep Root Pinball out of Texas. Oh. What do you, I mean, this is like an enigma, right? And in a lot of ways, we, it has to be real, but we haven't seen anything real. Yeah, and that's what's scary, man. To, to cancel TPF, that's... Uh, I think that, that that worried everybody, and I think it made a lot of naysayers feel a little more solidified in their comments and their statements. So I, I still think that, that Robert's going to do whatever he can to, to keep the releases on track um, or, or at least shipment dates that he's promised. But it's, it is still worrisome because it's pinball. <laughs> it's I, just... I, I, I think the TPF skip is, is, is a is a farce. I think they're going to be there. 
I, I, I think it, it is a, I, I can't imagine in their backyard knowing everything they know that they're not going to rock up to the biggest show of 2019 with nothing. But dude, that's a that's a fucking statement. Like if they did, if they literally like pulled the wool over your eyes and they did that, like I think that would help blow people's minds. And I think actually, kind of marketing wise, it. Uh, and again, you could tell me whether I'm right or not. It, it that's pretty damn badass. Like if you say, "Oh, we're not showing up. We're not writing that." Bam! You show up and you got your five games. They're all working, and you're just destroying it. And it shocks people because now it's shocking all. It's not oh, well, T, you know, we're excited about what Deeper's doing, and we know we can see him at TPF. If they just bam show up, I think that it's a there's a certain statement in that, and you get a lot more talk and publicity going on because of that. A- absolutely, absolutely. You know, it 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 happens all the time. It reminds me of of like when I used to watch wrestling when I was a kid, right? And it just like the surprise wrestler runs into the ring and just knocks everybody out. I mean, it, I think it, I think they're going to go for a little bit of that. You know, that's my prediction is that we will see deep root at TPF with something that is going to blow people away. And the reason I say that, and again, I haven't seen anything. I, I just can't imagine all these people working on this stuff uh, they know what they need to beat, right? They know what Stern's doing. They know what JJP is doing. If they were to come out and not have something amazing, they literally would be dead on arrival. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think that they're really going to have to knock people's socks off with what they what they come with, um, which, you know, in the reverse, if, if they don't show up and it, it's true that, you know, they're trying to work on stuff. Um, I do feel a little, I do feel decent about that as well because at least they're not prematurely showing a game so i respect that in a sense absolutely Um, they've they've listened to the realities of of how you communicate you know your game here the thing is this i'm I'm a little torn though because i do think some of the stuff robert said i I would never have said right i would never start to say that we're going to make more games than stern we're going to make more games in one year than all manufacturers combined there's no point in all that right i mean it's just a lot of uh hyperbole if you Mm -hmm. look at the pinball landscape and then you think about it just two good games a year is more than anyone else has ever been able to do other than stern yeah yeah i just i'm not one uh i've just never been the kind of person um and i've just to go in and, and, and tout something bigger and better. I, I like to, to be fairly hesitant about it, but then overwhelm and the final thing, um, you know, kind of downplay it. Like I, I, I don't like to tell somebody what I'm working with. I like to wow them. I like for them to think that it's going to be okay. And then to really show them, you know, so, so that we did the twippies last year. Like, I don't think anybody thought the twippies were going to be really anything. Uh, and, and then Zach and I, you know, Zach put together a beautiful video package. You know, we had the tuxes and we did just all this fun stuff. And I, I think that if we would have touted like, Oh my God, this, this twip broadcast is going to be amazing. And we're going to do all this. Then, People have an expectation, and if you go in with a low expectation, but then wow, I think it's a lot bigger impact than even being where you said you were going to be. You know, if I say this is going to be so great, and you are great, it's less of an impact than if you just kind of downplay it and come in really high. Right. It's sort of like the origins of this podcast. Everyone thought it was going to be the worst pinball podcast on planet Earth, and look, who won the Twippy last year, Greg? <laughs> Canada's Pinball now, Podcast. And, and who, 
I love Christopher French, but what did they call their pinball podcast? The super duper amazing. Sorry, it's talk about expectation setting. But anyway, <laughs> we, we may ne- we may never see it, but I think it's coming out next year that that podcast. But look, I agree. I agree. If I were Robert, I would have literally just said nothing ever and just rocked up and just pulled the curtain off of like John Papaduke's working version of Alice in Wonderland and just been like, drop the mic. We're here. You know, completely agree. So we'll see what happens. I mean, really interesting to see what comes up deep root. I think that is the monkey wrench that can be thrown into the entire hobby. So Dutch pinball is on my list. I I might have to get to the point where we just stop talking about these guys. But what do you think will be the final outcome of the big Lebowski buyers and Dutch? I don't know. I think it's almost done. Uh I don't know because what do they have? I haven't followed Dutch. I followed it there for a, a minute. Uh, is there still a bunch of games locked up, or are those you can't get those at all? Was there any made over there at the Chinese f- facility? There was, there, or? Was, there was none made at the Chinese, but the the rumor that there's like forty games sitting at ARA. Those games have now been there for two years plus, and I, I thought by now we would have seen them on the auction block, or ARA would do something to get rid of that from their inventory, but. Who knows? Yeah, because it does no good. They're still out that money. It's still sitting there in a warehouse. They're, they haven't gained anything from that. Um, so I'm like you. Yeah, I think that it should have been released. But, man, like that, that is a game that I have heard uh, nothing but good about. I've got to flip one once. and But most people who have had them in their hands or got to play them regularly, they love that damn game. It, it's it's a great game. I, 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 I will give these guys credit. When they came onto the scene, they did what I think you know, Deep Root should have done is remember they just showed up with the game and it was yeah. done. It was like, yeah. this wasn't like, give us your money on just theme alone. They had a, a flipping pinball machine. Uh, but then, you know, the wheels came off and, and I remember, yeah. I still remember to this day, and this is when stern people still talk to me before drinks were thrown. Uh, <laughs> I was in a, I was in a, I shared a taxi with George Gomez to the airport from Texas pinball festival. And we were talking about, obviously pinball and he said chris because we're, we're on a first name basis he said chris dutch pinball will fail because they are contract manufacturing the games you cannot contract manufacture and be successful in pinball yeah it, i can see that unless you're um, you know unless your contract manufacturer is a company like stern that has like 30 plus years of building pinball machines but to yeah. go to a brand new company and think they're going to learn the art of making pinball on an assembly line not going to happen. All right. So Dutch is dead. I agree. That I, yeah. Nothing's going to happen. So the next is probably the company with the greatest public relation image right now, and that is Home Pin Pinball. <laughs> Thunderbirds. Have you played it? I did play Thunderbirds. Talk to me. Talk to me, I didn't Goose. like it. <laughs> I didn't like it at all. Like I, 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 you know, man, anybody that's ever listened to me, I'm, I like, I, I like most pins, man. That's why I like, I'm, I'm that person that you hate and you specifically hate with those, those B ratings. But that's when what I was saying, because you don't like it, Greg, is it going to get a B or a B minus on your rating scale? Oh man, it's an easy B minus on that. <laughs> <laughs> No, honestly, if I had to review it, man, it would probably be my first D. It, man, it have to. It actually have to probably fall a D. Like I hate to shit on that game so bad, but like my wife played it. We we tried to play it a couple times, and like 
even ball two, I just didn't want to give it a chance. It just did not feel good. And it was one of those things that you could feel like, you know, some games you step up to give it a chance. It's just not my game, but you, you put 15, 20 games on there and you start to enjoy it. You start to learn a little more, you get your shots down, but this pin just, just did not feel good at all the shots, uh, stuff felt cheap in it, but you know, it looked amazing. Like that's what blew me away is I, I walked up to Chicago and it was there and I, I saw this pinball machine and I thought, man, there's Thunderbirds. Like I got to play that. And I looked at it and I was like, dude, this isn't as bad as what everybody said. Like this, this, this damn thing looks pretty good. I, I it's not, it's not bad looking. The layout looks pretty good, but right. you touch it and it's just a different story. Right. And I, I could, now, did I, it have the, the, plastic ramp because i've had some thunderbird owners reach out to me and be like the ramp changes everything i can't imagine that that would be the case but was it the cheap flimsy plastic when you played it it was a plastic ramp and it felt it it didn't feel real good when the, the one that i played um and you know the flipper buttons are a little different too the, the, which i'm not gonna obviously that's something you get over it's just taste but it, it doesn't feel like our normal flipper buttons, there was it was a difference to them uh, that was a little off too. The actual physical button itself, and I know that that's just a small thing, but it, that felt off too. I mean, it's just so much about it that just did not shoot right, and it's just having to shoot. Um, what is it? You got to spell. There's some shit on there. You got to spell hitting all these targets, and it's just forever long. You know, it's like a damn paragraph you're spelling instead of you know like Lily on the Munsters or something. You're spelling like a whole entire. Right. It's sentence. like you have to spell Thunderbirds Go, and you're like, that's just too many letters, man. <laughs> yeah, it's just like can it just much. be Go? Exactly. Uh, right. Right. Well, look, I. So okay. So you're not a fan. I've. I've 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 never played the game. I've just I've just never been a fan of the company and and Mike and and I think that uh, I've never seen a company owner take the approach he's taken on trying to get people excited about his company and his pinball machine. Uh, my prediction is they will they will not survive into 2020. I think this year uh, Mike is going to fail at getting sales, and I don't think we're going to see a game two. And if we do. From what I hear, the rumor is it's like a it's like a billabong or like a surfing game. I'm like this this just just stop, just go away. That's sort of yeah. how I feel. Yeah, I mean, if it, if 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 he survives the the lack of sale from from Thunderbirds and he go, he does go into a new pen and it does get released uh, and he does not up manufacturing quality, then I definitely think he'll fail. Uh, him being bigoted and and the problems of him and being confrontational and everything you know as well as i do that people easily forget that if a good shooting gang comes out they end up not caring so i don't Um, think yeah people will forgive john papaduke for stealing like 1.8 million dollars if they make a working magic girl the the line will be around the block yeah, it's absolutely insanity in this in this community, but uh, and I fall into it too. So I'm 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 not razzing anybody because I fall into that shit too. Right, There's certain right. things that I don't like about certain companies and people, but I still end up focused on their damn games and will buy it. Yeah. But I, I don't think that's his ne- necessarily his downfall. It's going to be uh, quality of that product that I think is going to be the biggest downfall. It's going to be fun to witness the J-pop hypocrisy where everyone's like, I will never buy from this man again. And then it's like, well, here's Magic Girl and the ball levitates. Well, where do I pre-order? Um, and it is. A- Americans are like, <laughs> and I don't know if it's just America. I, I, I guess it's society, but because we, we live in America, that's what I, I have to base it on. But we easily are, are we forget everything politically. Uh, 
in our everyday world things that, that the hypocrisy of the world, we easily forgive and forget when something new comes around. So yeah, it's whatever it's absolutely. Humans. It's the reason why Woody Allen is still making movies. Um, all right. <laughs> yeah. So let's go on to a company that is probably, I think the one that we all want to see knock it out of the park in 2019. And that's Jersey Jack pinball. And, and I want to talk a little bit about what do you think about pirates? And I know you guys have played it. And then what you think 2019 holds for Jersey Jack? Um, dude, I love starting with pirates. I love pirates. Uh, I've loved it from the start. I think that they improved it. I, I don't know how that they improved it or what they did, but, uh, I've played two now that, um, Zach's got his, and then I've played the collector's edition and both of them shot phenomenally better than what the prototypes we were playing at it shows. Now, I don't know if it's just because of the, you know, the power drain that made flippers a little weaker and a little wonkier, what kind of touch-ups they did. But I still think the game plays, uh, marvelous, marvelous, I am going to say marvelously. It, yes. <laughs> and, uh, I, I I love everything about it, man. Like I I like the depth. I like the multiple wizard modes. Again, I know that you hate that depth, but I I think there is a place for that. I don't want every game to be that that Keith Johnson game. Like I, but I do respect it in this because it gives you a lot to do. Um, and I do have to kind of go against you a little bit. And I do think yeah, the this game is I, look. I Greg, just for the record, I've been begging Zach to come on this show for months. And I've been saying to him, look, I know you love Pirates. I know you love Jack. Please come on and tell my listeners why they should love this game. And he hasn't. So I'm glad that someone is in defense of Pirates. I am just one voice. I want to hear why I should love it. And my mind can change. Well, and you know, mine, mine is just, it, it's, it's, it's magical. You know, it's one of those things hard to put on, you know, Eric created something really neat with that rocking pirate ship. Um, the, the chest works good now. It's, it's not the way everything was intended. I know the spinning wheels, but even the one spinning disc is pretty cool. Uh, the plundering it, it's, it's just a magical game that's fun that kind of pulls you into a world and all the little hidden shots and all the different shots. That's a it's a nice it's nice to get away from that fan pattern and to have all these wonky shots like Twilight Zone or something again where there's just under the flipper and there's a gobble hole here and there's all this. And I do think that there is I think it's approachable to people that are not pinball people as well. Uh, not necessarily code wise, obviously, but I think just because there's fun things to shoot at on there that, that make it approachable to non pinball people too, that come up to it in an arcade. And it's so beautiful that it, it attracts people to that. The sounds are great. Right. So I think there's a little bit for everybody. Like, my, well, let me ask family. you a question. Let me ask you a question. So I walk up mm -hmm. to it, right? Yes. And I'm just like a casual guy in an arcade. What, what do you think is the first thing that just, I would want to shoot at from a visual standpoint that says, Oh, I, you know, I want to hit that. Oh, the ship. The I ship, think you're going to want to shoot ship. that ship. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Easily shoot that rocket ship. And and that's what, um, I, I don't like most people that I come across that, that are not pinball people. They, they don't even realize that there's rules. They, they don't <laughs> right. care. And I, and I know that that's one of your big thing. Like, you know, that you want to be able to walk up and you need to know exactly what to shoot to start a mode and do all this other stuff almost everybody that's not in the pinball has no idea that there's even modes or anything that you should start. They're just wanting to shoot for toys and fun things. And I think that that's why that this can succeed there as well. And on, as a location pin and everything else is because there is plenty of fun things to shoot at and, and goofy things to happen, firing the cannonball and everything that you can have fun with without having to know the rules. Do you think they uh, should have just made it a pirates game? 
or does it does it benefit from the from the Disney movies? Um, I don't think the Disney movie per se hurts it, but right. because I I just like film, I, I like movies, so I know that that was like kind of a dead franchise, and and I hated kind of the later movies that that came along, but I still enjoy that franchise, and I still like that it's a movie theme. So you know, it, it's hard to predict of whether that it would have been better as just a pure pirate theme. I think that it would have maybe been kind of refreshing, and there would have maybe been less limitations on their end, but. You know, if they were forced into and had to take this franchise on, then I think that they worked very well with it. And, and to not be able to really use Johnny Depp in the scenes and everything, I, I think that they they overcame a lot of obstacles with this pin. And I'd say it was a lot more of a pain in the ass to to deal with than what we we kind of think it was. Right. Well, I mean, look, I I I love hearing a positive assessment of a pinball machine, and I love hearing someone's excitement and enthusiasm on why I should check the game out. So Greg, I, I appreciate that. And I think, you know, for, for the friends over at JJP, you know, this is why I try to get them on because I think when you talk about the game and you explain why it's so special, um, I think it helps. I think it helps open people's minds. Now the, the real question though, is the year delay on the game, I, I do think is going to significantly make sales difficult going into 2019. And do you, how do you think that's going to impact the fact that you know, this game was revealed so early, right? And then it took over a year, really, to get it into people's homes. Do you think we're going to see a new Jersey Jack game at, at Texas? Because if he shows Toy Story or Wonka at Texas, pirate sales are just going to sink. Um, I don't know if we'll see one at Texas. Do I think that if we were to see one at Texas, would it hurt pirate sales? I think anytime you release a new game, yeah, but I think that you take Wonka or something, I think that it's such a different theme. Which I, one do you think it's going to be, Toy Story or Wonka? Ooh, man. I don't know, because like, I heard both back and forth for so long. Um, when's Toy Story movie come out? This summer, this June. Oh, uh, I think that it could be, I think it could be, well, but everyone's saying they need to wait for the movie to be out so they can get the assets, but that's also BS. Like when you're making a game based on a movie, the the studio gives you the assets to incorporate. Yeah. They give you that. I, yeah, I don't think it's a coming up with that. It's whether they can reveal any of those assets. Uh, cause I think, was it you that I heard talking about how, well, you don't necessarily have to incorporate new characters. Well, that, and everything that's actually a really good point. So if TPF is in March, it probably would make more sense to do a Wonka in March and a Toy Story uh, in October, right? Because then you've got – I mean, Jack said we're going to see two new reveals this year. Maybe one is Guns N' Roses. We don't know, right? But uh, I, I I, think you're going to have to have the Toy Story movie come out first before – Yeah. Yeah, because I, I, I think – I agree. I think that if you're going to reveal something at TPF, it would be Wonka. Um, for that fact, because like I said, I, I just, cause I think that there's going to be some of the new character. I, I would say that Disney would want some of the new characters in the game. So you would have to have like a, some kind of limited reveal on, which I think would be a disaster to do that. Cause you, you couldn't release these new characters before there's trailers being shown and everything else for the film. Um, and I, I do think that even if the, the movie came out in June or July, and then you release the pin in October, as long as they're they're going to ship and get them out by the first of the year. I don't think that's too long of a span from the time the movie came out, because that's about the time you're going to have 
Blu-ray DVD sales uh, and everything coming out is around that Christmas time. So I still think that the hype is there. It's fresh in kids' minds. So you start to see it on route in January or so. It's still going to do very well and be very fresh. But I, I'm just a big fan of the simultaneous releases like back in the 90s of when that you had a pin that came out literally when the film came out. So you were playing that pinball machine while that that you know that movie was like in theaters right. still running. So right. Yeah, and that's, that's I'm, I'm curious when we talk about Stern, it's some, it's almost like Stern's abandoned that approach and is going all towards nostalgia. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, we're not seeing any of that like synchronization between new movie and pin coming out at the same time, or they've sort of they've sort of stopped doing that, right? And well, but look, it's safer. I mean, look at Johnny Mnemonic and stuff that came out. I mean, that that movie flopped, which or I'm the sure Hobbit. The <laughs> or, yeah, the, well, <laughs> I actually like the Hobbit. <laughs> Wait, the movies or the pin? I liked both of them. Oh. Like, uh, yeah, the Hobbits. I, I don't know. We found I, I, we found one person who who likes both. Greg, yeah, like Greg I, Bone. I know <laughs> I'm a unique individual. Like I've struggled with buying. Oh, hold the on, Hobbit. Greg. Um, I just cut out there for a little bit. But what were you saying about the Hobbit? I just I. I'm... Oh, I got to repeat. Yeah, just hold on. Let me just. I think it might be my. Good with me for a long time, just because. I want to... Hold on, Can you hear me? I'm, yeah, hold on, I'm losing you. Let me just, just keep talking, and I'll let you know. It's, I think it's my headset. Testing, testing. Hey, Chris. Hey, there we go. I'm here, Chris. Okay, yeah. Hello. So you like the Hobbit movies Good. and the pin? Yeah, I do. And I was getting a Hobbit pin. I'm afraid that I get tired of it really quick because of that. That's such a long journey and such a long ball time. And I'm not wild about lugging the heaviest machine in the entire world into my basement and getting rid of it in a month and having to pull it back out. So that, that's my only hesitation that I've had on The Hobbit. But it's just a different style of game. Right. I've heard good things. It's you know, what look, it is. I, my prediction for JJP 2019, it's going to be, I, you know, I don't think it's like a make or break because he's got a billionaire financing the company. I think, but I think Jack needs to, I think he needs to hit a home run. And I think we've been mm-hmm. hoping. He would do it. I, we've never seen any of his games fire on all cylinders. And we know that the themes of Wonka, Toy Story, and Guns N' Roses are huge themes that if they can do it right, uh, I think Jack is going to see his best-selling pin uh, come from all three of those could be phenomenal sales for him. So I think then the question becomes, you know, he needs to get his manufacturing uh, to be able to be as productive as it needs to be and as efficient as it needs to be to meet the demand those titles are going to bring to him because that's the other thing it's like it's always like they have to they're relearning how to make games every game and i think we need to see that be more efficient moving forward and i i agree i i think that 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 is a key to their success um but also you know i i would not prediction wise i would not count pirates out yet I just would not. Um, I'd, I'd kind of got off track earlier, but you'd, you'd alluded to this about um, them. Did it hurt the game coming out too early? And I think that it did in the production stuff. I do think that it hurt it, but I think the game is on a rebound because of the people enjoying it. The, everyone that I've known that has gotten one or I've talked to, they don't. They don't want to let the game go. They they love it. Um, people are loving it, and it's like their only game that they're playing in their collection. And that's a lot of the games when you get it new. But I mean, there's nothing being bad said about it when people are getting it into their homes. 
You're right. I think and- that that slow word of mouth, I think, is going to is going to equate to sales. Now, will they rebound 100% to where they could have been if they would have released it in two months? No, I don't think so. But I think that, that projected sales are going to be better than what they imagined after that hurt. Yeah, and, and look, I mean, Jersey Jack games stand above Stern in terms of sound quality and in terms of, you know, light shows. Every, everything about the game just feels more premium. And that's why I think when people get them into, into their collections, they, they gravitate towards the Jersey Jack games. Uh, but we just haven't seen one that's really sort of, I, I think, hit it out of the park on all cylinders. And, and I think 2019 is going to be the year where we get the themes and the gameplay and the art, you know, and the sound, all of it is going to is going to come together in, in one beautiful package. And I think Wonka is going to be the one because we know that they have the rights to use the video clips from the movie and the actor clips. They have it all. So it's going to be, I think, a perfect theme integration. And I think that's going to be important. I think Toy Story is going to be the one where we're not going to get like Tim Allen and, and Tom Hanks and. I think they're going to struggle a little bit, right, with making that game feel as connected. But we'll see. We'll see. Um, the next on our list is P3 Multimorphic, Greg. And, and, and what do you think 2019 is going to hold for uh, this platform? That's another one of those tough ones. Uh, it's actually technologically, it's kind of marvelous. And it actually shoots a lot better than what I thought it, that it would. The The flippers are strong. And it, it those I thought those flipper mechs would be something weird and feel off. But they actually feel uh, pretty good. And I like it. I would just, my only critique about that company is I would like to see better visuals. I would like to see, um, and I don't know, processing-wise, I don't know, coding or whatever else i would like to see stronger visuals on that that play field and maybe them start to gravitate more um towards like not an adult themed i wouldn't say that uh but more just visually stunning i don't know i don't know how to you see what i'm saying like like yeah i look at it like this i look at it like this you know when you walk up to a 4k tv right and you're seeing like a landscape or like outer space. And it's, it's just like, it looks crystal clear. Perfect. They've got a yeah. TV inside a pinball machine. Yeah. And yet the visuals look like graphics from 19, like 89. Yeah. And, like an early computer. Yeah. So graphic. it's like, wait, yeah. what, what's the point? Like, why wouldn't you even imagine if you just had like a space game and just the play field was just this beautiful, like 4K visuals from space while you're, you know, flipping the. Maybe that's why they're incorporating. I think they're incorporating an LCD screen in the back box that can give you information. I think they might be doing that now that might free up some of the information that has to go on that screen so they can maybe incorporate some of that. But I agree. This platform is really interesting. It's, it's, it's been around for a long time, and I, I think it just needs this year, right? I think 2019. It's like Jerry's – he's just got to figure it out. I mean, how many years can you keep going? I mean, it's, yeah. it, at what point – you know, he sold 50. They yeah. sold 550 TNAs. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think I think once he does, I mean, as long as he's not hurting and he can stay in business financially, I think they're they're always improving and heading in the right direction. And I think that they've got some of the biggest balls in the freaking community because of taking this leap and trying something so so new and so different. I, I think that that's a risk that I would never feel comfortable with. So I I always congratulate them and command them on doing something like that. Uh, but I, I do just want to see certain things polished up because I think they got a great flipping game. I think it's a well-built game. Again, it's just to me, it's, it's visually, I want to see more. The concept is amazing. It's just in 2019, I, I want to see some things released for it that, that would maybe visually blow me away. And again, maybe it's just something with computing power and processing power. I, I don't know the limitations. It, it's, you know, we're, we're always so quick to judge and we can always critique on things like that, that we, we don't know what limitations that they're, they're working. There with. are no limitations in the world of pinball. <laughs> well, look, I mean, at the end of the day, let's say like you make a thousand dollars a game profit, uh, that's $50,000 for P3 and $550,000 for TNA, which is not trying to be nearly as ambitious and i think the lesson learned and you know nate shivers used to say this about p3 i I just don't know if it's pinball enough you know it's trying to do so much and it's instead of taking one step forward it's trying to take 10 steps forward i think if they can get internet connectivity and have the games play against each other starts to open up a whole new world of of fun because i do think the simple games on that platform when you know like that that game where you connect two machines together and you're 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 battling each other i i love that i think that is really addictive Uh, but you can't do it when you buy the game at home unless you buy two machines which which no one's going to do all right so we'll see again in this in this landscape though right you see there's so many manufacturers and we still have we still have some big dogs to cover it's going to be hard to, to to succeed unless you're like selling games every every month so pinball brothers these are the guys that left highway pinball and they they said they might make queen or they might remake alien i don't know this is like kind of like in my dutch category of like i don't think we'll ever see these guys come back out with anything i think their wives probably yelled at them for losing hundreds of thousands of dollars when they bought out andrew highway do you think these guys will ever resurface no i don't think so i think there's too much to overcome Okay. I I think Queen. No, I, I'd love to see Alien remade. Uh, I just shot on one yesterday again. I I like that game. I'd love for somebody to pick it up, but I don't think it's gonna happen. No, and we saw that like Ren and Stimpy Queen artwork that they revealed that the, we know that Queen the band rejected it. So whatever they were planning was gonna look freaking terrible. So okay, well, and that band seems really hard to uh, appease to uh, with their image. So I think that they're they're fighting a massive uphill battle with with getting them to sign off on everything. I think that's right. gonna be a nightmare. And talk about if you were gonna release a Queen pinball machine, you probably would have wanted to time it with the the Bohemian Rhapsody movie that just came out. So they missed that as well. So Silver Castle Pinball, that's not a name we hear every day. Is it a name you're familiar with, Greg? I have honestly never heard it. So they are making Time Shock. Hmm. Which apparently the story is that Time Shock was a digital or virtual pinball machine that they are making into a real one. Uh, This was announced four years ago. So I think collectively we'll both just say (laughs) no. We don't think it'll ever happen. Even though like... Every like six months, they'll upload a picture of them holding up like an LED light being like, it's happening. And it's like, okay, thanks for announcing it four years ago. Uh, Spooky Pinball, because this is a real company. 
2019, it looks like it will be the year of Alice Cooper Nightmare Castle production. And do you think we'll see Scott Denisi game number two? And I want to get your thoughts on how you think Alice Cooper will be received in the community. Okay, uh, Scott Denisi game number two. Yes, I think it'll be towards the end of the year, but uh, I, I think so. I think I think he wants that. I think Spooky, and I'm not. I don't speak with Scott, so that's not anything like I've heard from him. It's just what I generally feel that he would want. But uh, I, I think Spooky's going to need that next title. Uh, I think they'll be closing, wrapping up on on the Alice Coopers. Uh, as up for Alice Cooper, man, like I, I'm mixed on what how sales are going to be because I've actually kind of fallen in love with that game. It, it shoots tough. I won't say it shoots as tough and as tight as what Houdini does, but it shoots tough. But the, the new code is pretty good on it. I like it. I like the light show. I like the sculpts. I like the way it looks. It, it flips better than any spooky so far. So I actually like it and I'm intrigued by the game and I would purchase one, but my fear is that that used market declining sales problem of, of how far is it going to fall before it, it levels off. Um, so that's my only hesitation, but I actually think it's a pretty good game, man. I think that they did a good job with it and I mean, they're already sold them all. So it's right it's no sweat off their back on this game right now. It's just a, how confident people are going to feel about them going into the next game with this. Right. One. And, and no one's done it like this, right. With the non-refundable $1,000 deposit. So it's going to be interesting because I agree. I think what, what's going to happen is if people start playing them and then trading them and, and for less money, if you're at the end of that line, you're probably going to kick yourself a little bit unless you definitely have to have a brand new version of the game. I, I yeah. think 500's a lot. Uh, well, there's still people that buy those new games for whatever reason. I mean, you look at the Star Trek Vault. I mean, you can find Star Treks all over the place, and people were still going out and buying the Vault, which is absolutely no different. And they were still just to have that new in box that they were automatically going to lose. You know, sixteen hundred dollars on. You know, you could. You know, at least a good. You know, twelve hundred to thirteen hundred. You were going to lose automatically because that game had been out so long. Uh, and that's just what the market dictated on it. Right, and right. people were still buying those new in box. So I still think there's going to be some people that still prefer that new in box, no matter how low the game has went, because they're going to keep it and they got the money to do so. Uh, I just don't have the money to do so. So I can't take that risk. I have to be very frugal and, and make my pinball purchases wisely. Right, right. Greg, my computer might die in like a five minutes. So if it does... And then we just go dark. That's why. Okay. Um, and we might just have to like record the end at a later date. Is that, is that yeah. cool? And I might just have to yeah. charge it if you're free around today. We can just close out. Um, so my, my prediction on Spooky is 2019 will be a year in which they will make every single Alice Cooper. I, I think mm -hmm. they've shown that they can make 500 games in a year. I think they've staffed up. Charlie will hold true to his word. Uh, I, I think you're right. I think we'll see Denise's game at Expo. I don't think it's going to be Haunted House Party. I think that's a total trolling of the hobby and the industry. I hope not. I hope it's not that theme. Uh, I'm just curious to see what's next from Charlie on, on a licensing standpoint. Uh, it's, it's interesting. They've been sort of in this spooky realm. They haven't really had uh, to make any sort of corporate games like Domino's again. They've, they've been able to you know, make the games I think they want to make. Uh, but we'll see. It's going to be very competitive. I, I'm... I'm I think Charlie 
you know, I think he needs to hand over the design reins to someone else. That's just always been my point of view on it. I, I think the games just need to shoot a little bit better if he wants to continue to uh, to remain viable with all the com- competition coming out. Because, cause, cause Greg, like if Deep Root is a real thing and JJP's a real thing and Chicago Gaming's a real thing, and st- you know what I'm saying? You get this list of like nine, eight, nine manufacturers trying to all sell games every year. There's no way the market can sustain all of those. No, no, I don't think so either. I, I think we're going to hit a point, even though the hobby has grown, uh, I, there's limited there's just limited money in people's pockets and there, I think the majority of them are like me. There's obviously a lot of deep pockets, but I think a lot of them are like me where you have to pick and choose wisely. Um, so I, I think it's, it's going to really come down to the theme and pricing on stuff. And if deep root can come in with that price, I think it's going to, I think it's really going to shake the market up a lot. So speaking of theme and pricing, let's, let's go to Stern, right? The juggernaut in this hobby with what 90% of the market, probably maybe a little bit less, we just saw Munsters this week. I think they did a great job revealing it. What What are your thoughts on, on Munsters and, and on Stern's 2019? Um, I mean, I think they're going to succeed like always. I, I don't think there's going to be a hiccup with Stern. Um, there never is. They, they seem to overcome everything. Um, I think Munsters is going to sell amazingly, and I I – the theme doesn't matter so much with that. Uh, I don't. I'm not a Munsters fan, but it's a beautiful pin, and I'm probably getting one. Uh, it looks like it shoots phenomenally. Uh, I, I'm really glad that Stern kind of upped it. Uh, I don't know who was in charge of it or why that out of nowhere they did it, but I love the metal ramps. Uh, I love the light show. You know, they didn't strip it down between the pro. I think this is going to be one of the best pros that you can buy for, for your money. Uh, I think that, I don't know, maybe, maybe they're, they're seeing that deep root around the corner and stuff and they're feeling that they're going to have to up stuff. But you know, the, the little kickback over there to the left that goes around the orbit from that Dragula. I, I think this game is loaded for a pro and it's not very stripped down other than, you know, that lower play field. So I don't know, man. I think it's going to be a hit, and it seems like that more people are on board with that that premium and that LE than what they are the pro, and it seems like they're going to have a lot of those those high-dollar sales this year out of that game. All right, so between the black and white premium and the full-colored LE, what's your favorite Munsters package? I prefer the full-color. Uh, the... The black and white's grown on me. Uh, I thought it was pretty, but I, I think that it would lose its appeal setting in a collection. I like everything to be a little more uniform, and that black and white would just kind of stand out, and I just think visually it would get tiresome looking at that damn thing too much. But it is beautiful. I, I say it's beautiful. Yeah, I mean, I, I know they pulled a little bit of a fast one. The black and white was supposed to be the LE, which does make more sense, but... Yeah. I kind of like what they did. They they kind of make made it a tough decision, but everyone kind of wins on these selections. I do think that everyone's going to walk away happy with the Munsters. Curious to see how the game sells deep into 2019. It is a very niche theme. I haven't I don't really hear people talking about Munsters very much mm-hmm. socially. Uh but it looks to be fun and I think the kooky campiness of it will do well for Stern. Now, after the Munsters, Greg we pretty much don't know much about Stern, you know, in 2019. The rumors are this. We've got James Bond. I've heard Superman 78. Mm-hmm. Black Knight 3000. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jaws is just a stupid rumor that's always there. Yeah. 
and then there may be a vault edition, but we always hear the same vault rumors every year of Tron and Lord of the Rings, which never happen. But they've done a good job of complete secrecy about what's next. Yeah, it's a little tough, man. Me and Zach were talking about that the other day about what the the rumor mills kind of generated. Because, like you said, you know, you're there's there's a small handful of people in the community that are privy to certain information that gets around, and it's kind of tossed around in a very small group. Um, and well, Elvira three too. I forgot that. Yeah, yeah, and we've heard we've heard nothing. Like it's it's the same stuff, you know, just a little bit of chatter here and there, and. I have no idea because the next title coming out was going to kind of maybe, and this is why Stern wants to keep a a lid on stuff, but it was going to kind of dictate uh, whether I bought the monsters because it's not the strongest theme for me. I thought it looked fun. I thought it looked like it shot well. I thought it was beautiful. But, uh, you know, if there was a theme coming out up next in the next couple months, then, you know, I'd probably hold off on that. But I I don't know anything, man. I, I don't. I don't know. Bond? What are they going to do with Bond? Is uh, yeah, it going to be the Daniel Craig Bond? I, like, don't, with the th- I don't know, right? Because James Bond has so many movies that span decades and actors. And, and I don't know how you quite do James Bond. I, I Curious, but I keep hearing that. And I keep and I heard yeah. from people over in the UK where they're like confirming that James Bond is happening. I heard recently that Steve Ritchie is doing Superman 78. None of them are, are new franchises, like new movies. You know, everything seems to be looking back. Do you think we're yeah. going to see like, you know, here's the summer blockbuster and there's a pinball machine to go with it? Or, or, or they've just realized that the money to be made with these like 40 to 60 year old white dudes is by looking back. Yeah, I think it's looking back, and I think that they can get people our age on board, too, with a lot of it. I mean, look at Batman 66. Like, as long as they make it pretty enough and fun and uh, it, there's something a little bit relevant to it for us, then I th- I think that that's the safest bet. I think to go with anything new, I think that they, they feel like they're creating too much of a risk. Um, I think it's like anything in our society now. Play off that nostalgia. It's where the money is, and it's where – their safest bet is on there because i'd still love to see a jurassic park pin come out or i mean you could go the original throwback but i'd be happy with a a jurassic world if they threw it out there um right so i don't know i don't know it's i i think so i think that that's where that they their safest bet is so i don't think we're going to see anything super current come from them for quite a while i I agree i agree so greg we'll we'll just skip over team mafia the pinball that they're not going to sell any more than the eight they made we all know that Hopefully Joe from uh, Joe Newhart from Pinball Star didn't order any more of the Founders editions because those guys they they found a turd. So, um, what are your final thoughts just in terms of 2019? How do what kind of year do you think it's going to be for pinball? Are we going to see too many games? We're going to see some companies fail. Is it just going to be enough for everybody? Like, what do you think? I don't know if we're going to see anybody fail this year. Maybe something like Home Pin, like we talked about, something like that. I think JJP is going to be in there for uh, through 2019 easily. I think the same thing with Spooky. Stern's obviously there. Um, Chicago Gaming is going to be in there strong. I, I think that if anything, this year could be the year if Deep Root does come out with something. I think this could be the year of where that it sets up 2020 for those failures because of the oversaturation of the market with with pins. Because like you said, there's this market. It's market's only so small, man. Um, and when you've got Houdini and I mean not Houdini, but you got American Pinball and you've got you've got all this going on and all these games created, there's it's not a very large market. Like right, I, I, right. I think we're so self-consumed inside the pinball community in the world that I think some people feel that it's a lot larger community than what it is, and that the sales 
potential. Um, there's always sales potential, but I don't think it's as big as what we'll achieve anytime soon. So I, I think 2019 could be the setup for a little bit of downfall for some companies in 2020. Absolutely. And I think what's going to happen too is there are so many good new games coming out, but people run out of room, they run out of money to buy new stuff. And no one's going to be comfortable losing like one to $2,000 with a, you know, with a resale value and the new pinball tax, which is now on top of everything. People are going to just get content having a good lineup of games that has a lot of variety. Uh, But I think it's going to be harder and harder to get people to move games out, to move new games in. And to your point, there aren't that I, – I just don't believe that the, the hobby is growing that much where it can support all these companies. So I think we will see – I think every year you will see like two boutiques fail um, who are trying to compete at the same price point of companies like Stern. I, I just think it's just inevitable. I think the white space is when you go up market and you make smaller run boutiques for the high-end collector. No one's doing that. I think that will happen. Um, But I think it's going to be another exciting year. And Greg, we can see you and Zach at TPF for the Twippy Awards show. What night is that in March? Saturday night. uh, What is that? The 23rd? 23rd? Is that right? Does does it sound right? I think the 23rd. Yeah. uh, Live. Twippy's live on stage. Um, You know, and it's one of those things that, you know, it's like starting all over from last year. It's a whole new set of uh, things to overcome with it being live. And we're going to have presenters. And, uh, you know, we're, we're working diligently behind the scenes to, you know, try to light the thing right and to try to have a nice backdrop and to try to make it um, as nice as we can and uh, as cool of an environment as we can so that people have fun. Like that's that's what we want is people to come in, drink, have a good time, have fun, get an award um, and be positive. You know, like this is the the one thing that that I think that uh, Jeff at, at This Week in Pinball and that we are striving for is to bring that positivity no matter what, no matter what you feel about a certain company, or you feel about anything to get in there and just have fun and celebrate everybody and to let all that bullshit go and just have a good freaking night in there and award people that deserve it right and is there going to be a red carpet so i can wear if i'm there some a tuxedo and and, and i can have yes, a, a we moment want you of to dress up we uh, are honestly trying to set up like a, we want to do a little backdrop so that you can have a twippy photo and stuff done uh that's something that we're, we're kind of trying to work on and see if we can't set up the logistics behind that but yeah dude there's gonna be people dressed casually there's gonna be people dressed up like it's gonna be that kind of that mixed bag of just whatever the fuck you feel do it awesome <laughs> awesome and 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 you're going to – it's sort of similar to last year. You're going to announce like the top three finalists and then open the envelope and reveal who won. Yeah, yeah. We'll showcase uh, – we're planning on showcasing uh, all the pins, all the the, the drop-down uh, lists, so all the pins. And then um, when we get into the specific categories, then there we'll, we'll just show the top three in that category and announce the winner. And same thing with write-ins. We won't announce all the write-ins for a Best Podcast or all that. It'll just be the top three and then the winner. Great. Well, Greg, thank you so much for taking some time out of your Sunday morning to join Canada's Pinball Podcast. We really enjoyed this. Um, we hope to get you back on soon. And and I hope to see you possibly in March uh, as I hold up the Twippy, right, for Best Pinball Podcast. Yeah, for sure, man. And, and on a side note, before we leave, you guys check out Straight Down the Middle and be sure to vote for Straight Down the Middle for Best YouTube Show. We, we'd like to repeat a second win here for 2018. 
I, I'm going to announce that I did vote for you guys, even though Zach refuses to join the show. <laughs> he, he's he's got his uh, his things. He's got so. it. There's some. He's playing the long. He's playing the long tail on this. He's I I I got to figure it out. He's always know, like he's, a, he's like I can't. I I kind of tarnish whatever he's planning. He's an enigma. He's an enigma. But like I said, you know, I go against the the stereotypical stuff, man. Like, um, I I like your show, dude. I enjoy it. So. It's one of those things I'm going to go on. I don't always approve of everything with you, but I I still listen, dude, and I'm not going to hide that I do. So, you know, right. that's right. why I came on, man. I enjoyed talking to you. Thank you, Greg. And we enjoyed having you. Everyone, we did a prediction show that actually has predictions, so I hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back real soon with more Canada's Pinball Podcast. Greg, have an awesome weekend, and we'll see you in March. You too, brother. Thanks. All right, later. He's not a